Sound the Barrel starts now. Good evening. Uh, welcome to Monday. Start of the uh, weekly uh, podcast uh, lineup here with the uh, CUSF. I'm uh, Swally Sweet as usual. Uh, we got Dave, the president, with us. Hi, hi. We got Michael, our new co-host. Yes. And then we got Travis joining us. Good evening, everyone. Hey. Right. So um, we're just going to do a CUSF episode today. Uh, we've got a big AGM coming up, so that's going to be the central focus of today's episode. Uh, Dave, do you want to do sponsors real quick? Yeah, so big shout out as always to uh, Cabela's Outdoors Fund, um, huge supporter of the CUSF since, since almost day one. So I'm um, really happy to be working with them and have them on board. So make sure you round up uh, when you're shopping at Cabela's. And of course, uh, Beretta, um, quality pistols, shotguns, uh, awesome guys to work with, awesome products. And yeah, big supporters of uh, of sports shooting and uh another valued sponsor uh, vortex some really good optics and yeah had reg on last week he's actually speaking at our support shooting conference there and um yeah they're um, again big big supporters of just getting new people into the shooting sports and then yeah stitzville shooting range uh, again they help out carlton shotgun team they help out the carlton firearms association and have done so for the last five years and yeah, now they're sponsoring us at the national level of the CUSF, so that's the good things to say about Stitzville. Awesome. We do we have shooters? Uh, do we have members at uh, Stitzville? Um. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We have both the Carlton Shotgun team and the. Uh, and that's the their local firearms association. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Exactly. So. Nice. All right. Michael, before we started, we said briefly we got something new in firearms. You said you yeah, said maybe you have something. Uh, yes, I was just seeing that the um, Spectre Ballistics um, T71, that's their uh, 1022 chassis, um, is finally, it's a chassis with a uh, adapted receiver that takes 25 round mags, is uh, finally coming onto the market should be pretty soon. Um, they got the FRT last year, but uh, now we'll finally see them on the streets, and hopefully the range is pretty soon. Mm-hmm. So, it's exciting. I mean, it's a pretty big markup for something that takes 25 rounds, and it's just a... A 1022, but I think people that aren't in the uh, SG and want that extra capacity will be uh, pretty excited to have them. Well, the t- 1022, I mean, that's the Ruger platform, right? Yes. So yes. it's so, they've I been. Mean, that, that's very much the, the AR 15 of the 22 world. Totally. And I mean, it's a great platform. They've been around forever. Um, lots of knockoffs, you know, Thompson Center and other companies have. Or, 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 it's like the TC Compass, you know, they've been making lots of versions of them. Um, but ever since they imported the Ruger Chargers into Canada, I'm sure you guys all know about this, uh, we've been stuck with 10-round mags. And it's kind of this legal limbo with 25-round mags. So they've gotten around with this and made these 25-round mags that don't fit into a t- standard 1022. They just have a different lip shape, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and now there's these adapted receivers in the market that will take them. So, um, the last in uh, Vancouver actually will um, mill your 1022, as long as it's not a pistol, into a receiver that will take these 25 round mags. That's also an option. Really? Yeah. Anyway, lots lots of workarounds. Yeah. Yeah, work on those those loopholes. Awesome. All right. Um, So, we got an AGM coming up May 1st. Uh, what yeah. is that all about? 
So, I mean, beyond just uh, learning about what we've done for the last year and kind of what we got in store for our, our member clubs, um, we actually were hosting the inaugural Canadian Student Sports Shooting Conference. So, yeah, pretty excited. We got a, a couple of uh, interesting panels and, and seminars. So, starts off in the morning. We have um, the CSAAA Careers in Sports Shooting panel. So, Oh, that's that's led by Allison, uh, head of the, the industry organization there, and, and also on our board. And um, yeah, she's interviewing people from uh, we got Terry from uh, Savage, we have Adam from Korth. Um, oh, who's the other guy? We have uh, one of the manufacturer sales reps, um, as well as Spiros from Stoger. So um, yeah, we have. Uh, so they're we'll be discussing just like. What are your options? You want to get involved in firearms? You want to, after you graduate, what, what type of uh, career paths are available, right? Um, so it should be interesting. And we got uh, Earl Green. So he's uh, shot like, uh, IPSEC, IDPA, um, three gun. He's a pistol trainer for law enforcement, and a director of business development for Safariland. So, um, yeah, it knows his way around pistols pretty well, you'd think. Um, so, yeah, he's going he's gonna to be talking about uh, kind of the ins and outs of getting started in any sort of, like, handgun uh, shooting sports. And then uh, following from that, we have Vortex. Uh, we got Reg Wales coming on with um, the also the Vortex warranty um, guy. So he's, they're going to talk about kind of like the, the fundamentals of long-range precision shooting and kind of how it relates like back to the, the physics of the optics. Um, so it should be interesting. I mean, as, as we talked about their swap, the guy's a, a textbook of, of knowledge when he came on our mm. podcast. So. Yeah, I know. Um, that was a very educational you're a little choppy there, Dave. Oh, gotcha. I'll, uh, I'll screw it later okay. in a second. Okay, that's better. Yeah, no, when we had Rage on, that was, that was probably the single most educational episode for me personally. Um, yeah, like he's 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 a book of, a book of wealth, that guy. I've got a... Um, he, can, he can take it. I was going to say, I want to circle back here. Uh, Doug, he's uh, throwing the glove down, I think, for Michael. <laughs> why are people still wasting their time? Yeah, I mean, I, I can totally understand why you think it might be a waste of time. Um, I think it's just the, the awesome aftermarket for the 1022 is really what keeps people around, I think. Um, it's just endless options for chassis. Um, you know, lots of barrel manufacturers out there. You can make these super crazy, compact, you know, folding 1022 packages that are really nice. They're reliable. Um, I guess kind of people just stretching the limits of, um, you know, what's really a basic platform. Yeah. I like it. My wife's got one. I, I still like my bolt action. Uh, it's, I, I like taking a breath every time I move the bolt. I like having to reset between every round. Yeah. But uh, I definitely see the appeal of the 1022, and there's so many different builds. Like I said, like an AR, like a Harley. It's it's a Lego kit. You can just pour money into that thing. Totally. I've, um, I've shot some precision 22 matches. I've always been blown away 
some of the 22 but one of my favorite ones i saw a guy that had a some long range 22 but it was set for cci stairs i don't know if you guys know this they have uh it's a it is 22 long rifle but the case is actually slightly longer um but like actually the length of the, the brass um okay. so you can get barrels that are actually chambered for cci stingers as if it was a whole different caliber um it gives you a little bit of extra velocity or not extra velocity a little bit of extra accuracy um and also the singers are super fast so you have a little bit extra supersonic range um kind of a fun idea because a lot of most guys shoot subsonic um they don't have to deal with the velocity bearer so it kind of depends just what ranges you're shooting out to um anything past like 50 100 you're kind of going into that subsonic range where you lose accuracy fair enough anyway Stay right. on topic. Yeah, sorry, Dave. So yeah, no, all good. Um, so yeah, after after that, I've got our AGM. Um, so that'll be fun. And then um, we have Tristan Rutledge and Dean Hertzberg. So Tristan is an international skeet shooter. He's uh, competed like Pan American. Uh, he shoots like international uh, like around the world. And he's actually a student at uh, Victoria, so um, as well as being the youngest shooter on, on Team Canada. So he's coming out and teaming up with uh, our very own Dean, who co-founded the CUSF with me, and is uh, he's the head coach, or like not not the head coach, but he's the head trainer for the the NSSA side of skeet shooting in Canada. And um, yeah, they'll they'll put on a little clinic of the ins and outs of, of skeet. And then we'll finish up the day with uh, Audrey Ann Derry, who's a uh, another ISSF international uh, rifle shooter. She's uh, shot all over the world. And interesting story, she got her start uh, shooting cadets. So um, yeah, we'll hear from her of kind of yeah what what it takes to get started and, and really reach those those upper echelons and have that progression in in precision rifle shooting. Interesting. I think that the precision. Uh, it, d sorry, does she shoot twenty two as well? Um, well, it's like caliber? yeah. I guess it's it, it's it's not PRS. It's uh, it's like the ISSF rifle. So it's uh, .17, and uh, it's like those PCP air guns. Oh, okay. Point one seven. Oh, that's tiny. All right. Yeah, yeah. Because I can so see they, very much the the hole we have in the market for the next two two years less what we've had since may that uh, i think a lot of the 22 rifles are going to start filling that void um and as a 22 fan i don't mind that um and like you were saying as well michael i think both last time we talked about a new gun that weird one that's a 22 as well the, I uh, the new chris vector 22 yeah the, the funny one we had on last that's time that's coming out although i just not a fan, but no, not not for not for buying it. But I'm just saying, there's a there's a lot of 22 influx right now, and and I think totally the Canadian market's right for that. Absolutely, yeah. and I, I guess it's just a more broad point. If we're just talk about 22 22s for a minute, what blows me away is that you know the 22 is it's a black powder cartridge, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you open if you pull apart a 22, you see there's a lot of empty space in there because it was made for a much lower energy density powder. Um, that's really what hampers 22 is the fact that it's this kind of crappy design, really, that mm -hmm. it's, you know, putting, uh, you know, this powder that wasn't even designed for the, 
case in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess the cheapness um, is what keeps people around the price. But it's yeah. you, you could build something of a similar size. It would be so much higher performance, but there's never going to be enough market momentum to switch away from it. Yeah. Anything else would be more expensive. There's no, there's no need for it, I guess. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it's... Speaking of speaking of outdated designs that sell well, Harley Davidson. Um, I can I can knock him because my wife's got two. So, um, but uh, yeah, no, Harley only started modernizing when when the uh, when the jet bikes started nipping at their heels, and I think twenty twenty twos are doing fine right now. If the if the precision game keeps increasing, then then maybe there'll be a more expensive yeah. precision. Ride. Well, I have seen the price of seventeen HMR is coming down slowly, and every yeah. year it's it's like a cent or two cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, as volume starts going up and I think material cost is exactly the same. Um, perhaps even less. It's, I think it's a smaller bullet, less powder even. Um, so potentially, I mean, 17 HMR is better in almost every way. Mm-hmm. Um, except for, I guess it gets blown around a little bit more in the wind. Um, so maybe in the future it could overtake 22. That'd be an interesting thing to see. Yeah, I think we'll be shooting laser guns by that point. <laughs> Maybe. All right. Um, so, did, was there more on the AGM there, Dave? No, I mean that that's about it. All of our all of our speakers are really high level and like like really know their shit. But we've we've tailored it so that whether you're new or whether you're have a wealth of experience, you'll still be able to, to get something out of each seminar. Mm-hmm. And I mean, uh, yeah, you can drop in for the ones that you're interested in. And we got a whole bunch of prizes, uh, including an entry into our uh, Cerakote Your Own. Um, we got a, a Savage Mark II the Precision with the, the black one with the bull barrel there. And uh, kindly donated by Savage, big shout out to them. And um, Dead Sky Customs, and another big shout out. They've uh, kindly uh, Cerakoted our, our last two guns for free. And uh, yeah, we're doing a Cerakote Your Own package. So you get uh, their their uh, like mid-tier rifle package of uh, $550 value. And uh, when you win the rifle, um, it'll be sitting at Dead Sky Customs, and you get to tell them exactly how you want to get it painted. Nice. So, yeah. So this is May first, which I believe is Saturday this week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how do people tune into this? Where can they find it? AGM.cusf.ca. AGM.cusf.ca. Okay, awesome. And what? And I'm just looking at the times here. Eastern Standard. What's Eastern Standard? It's uh, it starts starts at 10 a.m. Eastern. What's that Pacific? Seven. Seven. Seven a.m. Yeah. Okay. And it runs until three, so it's a full day event. That should be pretty interesting. Yeah, uh, sir. Is there anywhere? Do we have anywhere online right now where people can read on this? See what the yeah. Time, if they got limited time and they want to check in on the shotgun people and listen to the shotgun part. Yeah, exactly. You go to agm.cosf.ca. You go to the schedule tab, and then uh, it'll list all the schedules. It'll list all the Zoom links. So then, if you're like, "Hey, I want to show up for the shotgun one," yeah, yeah, click. Uh, Click into that one. Then, yeah, if, if you register beforehand, then, yeah, you get, like, all the links sent into your inbox. Awesome. Cool. All right. Anything else on the uh, on the AGM? Um, no. I mean, yeah, we got Travis has some exciting events coming up here soon. <laughs> yeah, we got the uh, our next 
webinar series episode episode two right, right? so we got uh, shotgun 101 is what we're doing so dean's coming on along with uh emily brown and susan nasras and uh we're going to be doing a webinar on you know fundamentals of shotgun sports so they'll be doing some demonstrations on you know proper mount turn stuff like that and we're going to be uh rolling out a clinic hopefully in the fall shotgun 101 so we're going to use this webinar as kind of a base for students who want to attend that clinic so anybody new to the shotgun sports there's going to be some real top tier instructors doing some demonstrations so excited for that that's may 18th scheduled for and prizes prizes yes giving away a shotgun <laughs> the 12 gauge i think pretty sure it's maverick 88 and uh yeah, yeah you have to uh be there to win right the classic yeah perfect oh, yeah. starter gun <laughs> oh yes oh, man. um i kind of want to circle back to 22s here um sure. What do we have coming up with? Uh, I know we talked a little, when we had um, what's his name Rick. When we had Rick on, we we're talking about these uh, outlaw events. Yeah, we've got yeah, one sir. happening this spring in Alberta. The summer, yeah, the in summer. Uh, okay. in June, yeah. So we're we is have that one, uh, is that still a go? Because that's coming up on two months away. So far, yeah. yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's planned to go. I think it's the twentieth. Is that right, Dave? Um, twentieth of yeah. June. Yeah, that's Saturday. So right now we're working with um, Rick to set up a CUSF student division in uh, ORPS. So that's going to be pretty much shoot what you have. There's no limits on the rifle. So in production, you have like a $500 limit on your rifle and 700 on your scope. This is going to be shoot what you have. And uh, only CUSF students can participate in that division. And uh, running it in Calgary and hoping to piggyback on some other events out here in Ontario if we can in, in Sorry, June as well. CSF students or CSF members? Um, they would have to be a student member. Just a, okay, just students. Okay. Yeah. And then, sorry, yeah. and then you have another one happening out in Ontario? Yeah, we're hoping to jump on the uh, maybe in Ottawa and uh, out in Western Ontario. We're still trying to work out the details, nothing's been solidified out there. But we're hoping to run some events in June there as well. Just waiting to see what happens with COVID here. We're under complete lockdown, so mm -hmm. stay-at-home orders and all that. So yeah. who knows what's going to happen between now and then? But we're we're looking at maybe rolling something out here in Ontario as well. And then uh, hopefully we have that set up to run as a league in September. We're looking to make sure there's there's some interest, and we're going to set it up so that. Uh, the students can participate in the ORPS monthly shoots and have all the scores tracked and win some prizes. And yeah, it'd be a good, uh, good league to follow. No doubt. Um, do we have anything happening in BC? Michael, maybe you and I should set something up. Sorry, you talked out there for a second. Sorry, do we have anything happening in BC as far as uh, uh, PRS? Um, so yeah, there, well, there's the, um, uh, what do you call it? That um, CPRS, uh, Canadian Precision Rifle. I think that's what yeah. it's called. Or no, yeah. um, CRPS. CRPS. Yeah, they yeah. have events in BC, but they're mostly in the interior. Mm -hmm. um, so like Kamloops, Kelowna, Merritt, kind of. I mean, uh, to say Swally and I are near Vancouver. Yeah. Um, so for us, it's it's like four, five, six hours away. Big drive. Um, 
Well, that's what I'm kind of thinking. Should we try and organize? Where's that? Where's Rick out of? Where does he live? Out of uh, Quebec. But you oh. know what? It, it looks like if you have a hundred meter range, we got yeah. a couple of match directors sitting in front of us for uh, for ORPS. If you want to do it locally. Well, that's kind of what I'm thinking. In lower mainland, there's a lot of shooters out here, and there's a lot of ranges that that would be able to accommodate that. Yeah, it's a little tricky. I'm trying to think. Um, like Poco is not super ideal just because the only like the long range is of a public range mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to take that over for a day if you you know you're there would mission um, or mission or abbotsford maybe be interested so mission they had a disagreement with um but the uh action rifle rimfire guys i don't know remember we discussed that briefly at the remind um, me with, with uh what's the guy from ibi what's his name um ryan oh uh, Ryan, yes. Yeah. So we won't get too far into it, but I'll just say they had a disagreement about finances, and there are no longer matches in mission. Okay. Um, but they have the perfect setup. It's 300 meters. It's covered. It's a private range. Really nice. Um, Abbotsford has a 100 meter range, but I'm not a member there. I don't really know anybody there. Mm-hmm. They're more of a IPSC kind of three gun type community. Yeah. No. They might. I mean, if we organize an event and we offer them a certain amount of money uh maybe they can open it up for for an event maybe i think ryan was talking about just doing it on crown land crown land um which has its own set of you know risks and controversies but uh yeah ideally 300. i mean i know some spots out in squamish that are uh 300 that uh, we could use Mm -hmm. um yeah well you should work with the uh, BCIT and uh, the UBC <laughs> guys and set up a ORPS match. Yeah, that could be fun. Hopefully yeah. this summer, make that happen. Oh, did I hear a versus in there? Oh, versus. There yeah, versus. I, I could have. I could have sworn I heard a versus. <laughs> club versus club. That'd be fun. Yeah, maybe I'll suggest that to uh, to Jason. I was talking to him this morning actually about something unrelated. Nice. Um, I'll throw that. I'll, you know what? I'll throw that out there. I said right. uh, Michael from UBC was talking shit. So you guys can't hit the side of the barn. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I'll see. Uh, I'm on their Discord chat, so I'll see what see what they say. No, that'd be good. Oh man, there's there's some good shooters at UBC, but they have terrible guns. So oh, right. okay. So that's the, the preemptive excuses coming already. <laughs> yeah, <it's starting. laughs> yeah. A, a good shooter always blames their equipment. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, oh, fuck, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> no, that'd be a really good school versus school. Yeah, well, that's the idea of the league, right? So if we can get some schools set up come the fall, we, we can do that. You know, we could divide it into east versus west if we want to, or school versus school. Yeah. See who see who the best shooter is. That's yeah. that's what we want to do. Right now, I mean, keeping it COVID safe as well. I mean, we could, we'd obviously do it on our system if we're not shooting at the same range, and then we can do it within a certain timeline. Uh, the OPS yeah. matches have to have a match director to them, okay. so that, yeah, it's you'd have to shoot it like in one day, and uh, the certain steel set that you need to shoot. It's, it's like a specific course of fire. Is, is that is that the one where um, I forget what episode that was, but where you have to have a certain, you have to have a couple of tires, you have to have the ladder. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah exactly. that's the one, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure between the two schools, we can scrounge something together. All this stuff is pretty cheap. It's like I said, you can find some old tires somewhere, a six foot yeah. ladder, I think a, a folding chair, 
is the other one and then uh sawhorse i think is the other one and then just the the steel set so you're, you're shooting steel so that'd be good and the, those oh courses God. of fire are published monthly so they're they're all on their website you just download them and set it up shoot the match yeah i mean i can imagine doing something like that in crown land i just don't know what the the legal implications would be as long as the municipal bylaw allows it, it should be shouldn't be an issue. Well, and you have I mean, a the key is backstop. doing it outside of yes. municipal boundaries. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying more if like a CEO or something like rolled in on you and like 20 guys shooting steel in the woods, what they would say. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be worth, be worth a phone call finding out. Let's say, Dave, you want to test that legal like, fund? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I've had like fucking 20, 30 guys out in the woods here. You know, uh, shoot, shoot some guns. Have a good time. Well, we're—I mean, we're—we're uh, we're under uh, restrictions right now for our health regions until. May. Oh right. And is it end of May, Michael? Uh, the, the, uh, it ends potentially. Yes. Yeah. Uh, May twenty fifth, so right after Victoria Day. Yeah, because I know they combine a couple of health regions, and I think uh, we can probably make this happen. In the, yeah, actually, yeah. it's funny. My fiance um, worked for the provincial government in crown land management, and she was like, "Be careful with this." <laughs> yeah, oh. she's not saying no, but she's saying, Be "Careful." Yeah, there's rules. Apparently. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would. I mean, I guess crowd size. I'm not sure what it is outside now for numbers. Um, yeah. Either way. Mm -hmm. One of those away. I mean, and like if, if your guys' lockdown ends later in the summer, right? Do it in July or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, like I, I think the idea of what we're trying to do is just have a couple of test matches in like a bunch of different areas. Like, right, we're perhaps trying to get one set up in Ottawa. We're getting one set up in Calgary here. And then if you guys can get one set up in BC, you know, just get the boys out, make them have a fun time. And uh, I mean, you, usually that comes with the shooting guns. But that's guaranteed, right? Well, I'm fat air with the ray of sunshine. Yeah. yeah. Gather me to zero. Do not leave your house. <laughs> I think the key to us doing the Crown Land is it being a non has to be a non commercial activity. That's that's where you have to be careful. Well then oh, we just we have, have to, to then we just have to uh, throw something together, I guess. It I mean, it could be in the spirit of CRPS. Yeah, I mean I feel like if you're not making money, then it's not commercial. Mm -hmm. I'd like to think, but and like, yeah, there's some um, investigation to do there. Definitely. Yeah. The cost of entry is pretty low. I think we discussed uh, that around uh, for CUSF members to compete around 20, 20 to 25 bucks to shoot the match. Is what you're looking at to mm -hmm. for the entry and that goes towards, you know, supporting ORPS and prizes and stuff like that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Definitely. So, what else? Uh, what else is new? What else is new? Next up in programs, like I said, I mentioned we, we're having the webinar, the Shotgun One Hundred and One Clinic. I, I touched on it briefly, but it's something we've been working on for a while. Um, we wanted to roll it out the spring twenty twenty, but COVID. Uh, that's the the whole theme of the programs department in twenty twenty is. COVID <laughs> fucking us again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, we, we've been slowly working on this curriculum to put together. And uh, the way that it's going to work is 
we, we want it to kind of be like the project maple seed of shotguns, right? So we want to be able to have uh, ranges throughout the country where we operate and have some volunteers at the ranges trained on our curriculum and what we want to teach. And we're going to roll the same curriculum out everywhere. It's going to be designed for people who have never shot uh, skeet or trap before. And by the end of the day, you'll know how to handle the gun safely and you'll be busting some clays and then you'll be addicted. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, with that being said, it you're definitely going to learn if you're an experienced trapper, skeet shooter as well. And uh, yeah, we're, we're excited for that. I think it's going to be something that's popular because people seem to like the shotgun sports. That's a, that's a very much, I think you have a good balance of entry level and action as opposed yeah. to like, if you get into a three gun or whatever, you really need to have the gear and, and have the know how. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's enough of getting the adrenaline and then shoot, shooting something that's moving, right? Like destroying something. Yeah, for sure. Just dust, dusting that first clay. Oh yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Never, so never turn back. Yeah. And you know, we're hoping that the students who enroll in that will, will want to do our trap and skeet tournaments. And if, if there's interest, you know, we can set up a monthly league doing trap and skeet satellite events. Um, so that, that's one of the goals for the future of programs is to, to really get our shotgun program back to where it was pre COVID and, you know, get people at shooting, Sh- shooting shotgun, is like the ammo's affordable. I mean, shotguns, you could spend anything from you know, 300 to 30,000 on them, but you, know, you can go out. It's, it's not a super high barrier to entry and the, uh, the price to do the clinic is going to be pretty cost efficient as well. And like, there's nothing more valuable than a, a good teacher, right? You can go out and learn the fundamentals all wrong and, you know, you, you make bad habits. And we're, we're going to try and sort that out right at the very beginning, Get give good quality instruction so that people know what to look for, you know, know where to look whenever you're shooting shotgun because it's different than when you're shooting pistol. Just little, little things like that. So that's planned to come out in the fall. We'll see what COVID has to say about that. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, yeah. but I mean, that's, that's where the organization starts it. I mean, it's on the logo for fuck's sake, shotguns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and, uh, I've yet, I've yet to really get into shotguns. I've only, I, I've only shot them when I had to qualify for, for corrections. Uh, we had to qualify on a, on a 12 gauge. I think it was, uh, just, and that's nothing we really had on the line. That just came out during riots and I was fortunate to not have to deal with that but uh yeah shooting clays i've i've never never done never tried tons of fun. i think it's one of those it is tons of fun and i've, I've never gone to uh you know official clay or traps uh, shooting field but you know go down to the quarry with a, a hand launcher and bust some clays in the bottom of a quarry you know you're not going to have much more fun than that yeah. in the afternoon <laughs> well there is a rain up in, well, you know, in Richmond, the Vancouver shotgun range, that's just up the road from me. Yeah, I've been there a couple times. Yeah. Is it good? Yeah. It's it's by, it's an incredibly high-quality range. It's, well, it's Richmond. Beautiful. Money. It's fucking money. Yeah, it's very expensive. That's, that's yeah. the only downside. If you're not a member, yeah, um, they charge you a lot. Uh, but it's the only place in um, really, I, I, maybe like the, probably the only lower mainland that has five-stand, and has what's the other one where you kind of like it's like golf with shotguns you're like walking through the forest sport, sporting, sporting clays sporting clays yeah, yeah that's, that's the so only place fun. around here that has that um 
there's a few other skied and trap fields. Um, Poco has both. Um, Pit Meadows. And, uh, Pit Meadows has yeah. trap. Um, I don't know, they might have skeet. For trap, though, Pit Meadows is by far the best. Um, okay. What's that one like? It's really nice. It's affordable. It's uh, yeah. voice activated, which is nice. Yeah. And uh, they have five um, five trap fields all right next to each other. So it's never okay. busy. You can Anytime you can walk up. You can play a whole game by yourself in like five minutes. Okay. Um, it feels like a lot of money <laughs> going down the train pretty quick. <laughs> You're playing by yourself. But, oh, uh, maybe I'll have to finally get a shotgun then. Definitely. Yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a lot different than rifle shooting because it's very like reflex oriented, right? Mm -hmm. especially, when, especially when you get into skeet where it's like crossing targets. And it's like they they come quick, right? So it's a lot of it's a lot of like muscle memory, seeing the target, knowing exactly when to shoot. Which is almost better because you don't have enough time to think about it and fuck up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Either you hit it or you don't. Yeah. Well, Michael, he put the offer out to me here a couple of weekends ago. I'm gonna have to take you up on that one day. We'll take the shot. We should go. Out. I'm probably gonna go uh, maybe two weeks from now. I, I try to go once a month, shoot uh, three or four games of trap. Yeah. Maybe a game of skeet if I'm in the mood. Um, Two weekends from now. Yes, on the yeah. So, Park Coquitlam has every two weeks has trap and skeet on Sundays. Mm -hmm. So the next one is on May 9th. Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah, it's great fun. I, I might miss that one. I got a tattoo coming up. Ooh. <laughs> I'm going. I'm, I'm off. I'm off work right now because I have COVID symptoms and I really don't want to have COVID symptoms because I don't want to mess that tattoo appointment because I just set it up fucking ages ago. Whatever. Make sure it's on your dominant shoulder, eh? Oh, what? Sorry? Well, make sure it's on the dominant shoulder right before you go shotgun shooting. Yeah, actually, no, I'm good. It's inside, inside, of my, uh, inside of my left arm here. I'm going to get done. Um, but, um, yeah, no, I'm going to have to miss that one. But let's let's definitely – I want to go shoot some shotguns. Yeah. I have such a hard time getting up to to, to the range uh, on the other side of Poco up in the hills there. Yeah, and I can totally lend you a shotgun. I got I got a few. So Yeah, yes, please. You'll be good to go. Um, looking further at um, – let me see if I can share share a screen. Is it going to let me? Um, actually, never mind that. But I'm mm -hmm. just reading that uh, – so. Uh, BC provincial government uh, crown land policy states that we can have uh, organized events on crown land if it's less than 200 participants for non-motorized activities or 100 for motorized activities. Seems right. like a lot of people actually. That seems um, like that's yeah. cur that's current. Yeah, and no fees charged for participants unless the organizers are registered nonprofit or charity. Oh, so. That sounds familiar. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> so CRPS and CUSF are nonprofits, so I think we're good to go. And we have to have adequate insurance coverage. Check. So, yeah. Perfect. Are we good, are we good on that as well? Yes, yeah, sir. Okay, well, let's, so. let's, what is it now? April, May. Let's set something up for maybe May, June. Yeah. So, now, now that we're talking Crownland, let's, uh, I got off. Two interesting meetings today, one with the Ontario Federation of Anglers and Hunters and yeah. one with Ducks Unlimited Canada. So it looks like our, our conservation program is going to get a real shot in the arm with a couple of these uh, interesting... <laughs> That's a uh, bad shooting reference. We got. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, I, I feel like one of the biggest barriers like of why I, I never got into hunting, right, was like nobody I knew hunted. 
And mm-hmm. like, I mean, I, di- I didn't grow up in a hunting family, right? I mean, I, I had guns, I shot guns, and it was more just like the target side of things, right? So what we're trying to do here is um, like like almost full life cycle. Um, both both of these organizations are going to be supporting us in in various um, ways, including subsidizing hunters' education, so making it like just dirt cheap for students to go out there and get licensed. And then, so all right, great, you you went and got your hunters' education this uh, summer. Um, thanks a lot, Ducks Unlimited, OFAH, CUSF for for sponsoring that. Um, next thing is you want to go on a mentored hunt, right? Because like it's it's pretty intimidating to get out there like hunting for your first time. I mean, I know uh, I know Michael. He just uh, is getting into waterfowl, and and I just got into waterfowl myself. And it's like mm-hmm. it's it, just because we're surrounded by everybody that that knows how to hunt. I feel like I get good advice all the time, but it's still hard to like get out, right? So. Yeah. So yeah, um, both these organizations are gonna are gonna help us set up some mentored hunts. Uh, OFAH is the Ontario Federation of Anglers and Hunters. So they're going to be just uh, exclusively helping our, our Ontario clubs. Mm-hmm. But we're going to look at the set of partnerships across the country. And um, one of them is, is our national partnerships with uh, Ducks Unlimited Canada. So they, they have this really cool um, outdoor series, um, it's called, where they're just, trying to, they're just trying to host a shit ton of outdoor events across the country um no no matter what it is and like they're like like whether it's going out and hunting going out and atving snowmobiling ice fishing regular fishing like whatever right ducks will help you get out there so yeah talking to them today they uh were pretty much like go see what your clubs want to do and we'll set up one event per club in the fall with whatever like subject matter experts that that they want to get involved in so yeah, super uh, exciting. Uh, kind of that sounds really cool. The, the, the mentored hunting, it sounds like a really fucking good idea. I wouldn't mind it's going so out, but that, that means I got to fucking elbow my way into the to the click at work because there's a couple of guys that go every year. So I'm, I'm budding up with them yeah. in the off season here. So I can go home with them next year or next year. Are they doing the big game or, or waterfowl yeah. or what are they? Big game. Yeah. One of them's like, got a cabin in the interior, so they so they go uh, a bunch of them for a couple of days. Like they they schedule their annual leave together, and they go go nice. drink and and, uh, and uh, shoot stuff. <laughs> well, and even even if like you know people that hunt, what I've found it's like it's such a fucking time commitment to go out and mm-hmm. get out there in the field and, and blah blah blah. Like you'll be able to convince what, one person to go spend like one day, like one time during the entire season to go out with you. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, like, I feel like these mentored hunts are a great way to find people that are like really enthusiastic about taking like new people out and getting out there like, for super cheap too. Right. Yeah. There's, there's um, a guy on the there's Ontario out of doors has their forum and there's a guy in the Ottawa area. That's all he does. He sets up on crown land in, uh, in the spring and in the fall. He's like any new hunters, uh, the camper out there, the only thing you have to bring is your gun, uh, bring your ammo, bring some food. I got heat. I got shelter. I, you know, if you want to stay the weekend, I got extra beds. All he does on the weekends is hmm. just mentor people who want to be out there. So, you know, there there are resources and people That's out there cool. willing to show you the ropes. Yeah. Awesome. What a jam. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm really leaning hard into the hunting. The hunting and the C uh, the CPRS. Both extremely time consuming, like Dave said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, too many fucking hobbies, eh? Yeah. 
I mean, like the beauty of waterfowl hunting, especially, is that you're up at the crack of dawn, but you're home for lunch. With um, lunch, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully with lunch. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it it feels like a big time commitment. Yeah, you're you know kind of door to door. It might be six seven hours, but you're still gonna but have again, half the day afterwards. Yeah. Um, but again, you want to do it with somebody who's experienced, depending where you're hunting too, right? Like I tried totally. uh, going duck hunting a couple times, and we have the St. Lawrence out here, so pretty big river and I, I grew up on the river all my life I'm very comfortable on the river but whenever you go out at four o'clock in the morning with you know a shitty little head headlamp trying to put decoys out and you know it's it's a big commitment and you want to make sure that you know you, you know where you're going and you know what you're doing because I spent two days out there and didn't see a duck frustrating well, and that's that's what we're trying to do too, right? Is like so we're we're doing most of these mentored hunts with waterfowl. We're doing them all with outfitters. So a the outfitters have insurance. They're extremely comfortable being around like brand new hunters that don't know what they're doing. And C they know where all the fucking ducks and geese are, right? So I mean, like you're you're guaranteed to go out and actually get something your first time hunting, which I mean is I feel like that'll really whet people's appetites and make them want to come back, right? Yeah, set the bar high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And they'll be disappointed after they go out and realize it's not fucking that easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are we all hunting, or do we all have our hunting thing here? I think I'm the only one that hasn't actually been out hunting. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I yeah. got my I got my license uh, well last year because of COVID. Didn't have anything better to do, but I've yet to go out. But yeah, no, fuck, I need someone. To, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Do you know what? Let's let's do some shotgunning, Michael, and then maybe we'll do some waterfowling. Yeah, I was gonna say too that you know it seems like oh my god, I need so much stuff, but you know most likely you're gonna go out with someone who's already got all the decoys, all that mm -hmm. stuff um, is a pretty big expense. So really, you just need the camo gear and a shotgun. That's it. Um, so I'd say maybe a thousand bucks for kind of like decent entry level type stuff. In. And then you can use the same shotgun that you use for, for hunting, you use for trap and skeet too. So you have a little two for mm -hmm. one there. Yeah. Um, sure you get something back. you know reliable, takes three inch shells. Mm -hmm. um, semi auto is really nice if you can afford it. I think shooting pump action three inch shells is a great way to bruise your shoulder. <laughs> yeah, eh? no Oh, challenge accepted. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then some quality waders, something that people often overlook too. Um, I Insulated think out there and like, is key. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or I, I go with the really thick neoprene ones. Yeah, those look pretty well for me. Um, some of the guys in my group have the crazy expensive Sitka, Sitka ones that uh, are breathable. You know, Gore-Tex ones. When you say crazy expensive, what is crazy expensive in Washington? Uh, over a thousand bucks. Oh, yeah. For, for waders, <laughs> I think um, I paid two two hundred for mine. The Ducks Unlimited camo version. Uh, yeah, so there's, there's yeah. the price range right there. But the yeah. thing is, like the you know El Cheapo waders, like you know, but I and us have, you know, the last two maybe one or two seasons, and then they start bringing holes in them, and you can you know chugu them and try and tape them up, but eventually it gets to the point where they're just leaking, and you just have to throw them out and buy new ones. So if you're someone that's doing this for years and years and years makes sense to get the Gore-Tex ones because they can be repaired. Um, you can send them back to Sitka, fully warranted, and they'll fix them for you. They can actually, um, they have a thing where they can like 
put them underwater and then pressurize it. They can see if there's any leaks. So they're perfect, um, which is pretty nice. You'll buy ones, cry once. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, it comes up again and again. Don't don't <laughs> buy Amazon shit. <laughs> yeah, very true. Um, all right, I think that's most of what I have. Um, do we want to mention the AGM again? We're at three quarters of an hour. Um, May first, this Saturday, seven seven. What did we say? Seven Pacific, ten Eastern. Yeah. Uh, can be found at where? agm.cusf.ca. agm.cusf.ca. Cool. Uh, anything more on the shotguns or the uh, 22s we want to touch on? Um, I mean, I don't think we really touched on Maple Seed, but uh, right. just awesome, awesome fucking guys at Maple Seed. And once again, they're going to help out our, our student clubs and do some early registration as well as yeah the CCFR has stepped up to uh, match us um, in funding students 50% so CCFR is going to do 50 and we're going to do 50 so big shout out to them for, for stepping up the plate and yeah so, so we'll be able to put students uh, in guaranteed spots through Maple Seed for free. Yeah, we, we got some dates booked already so right now October 2nd in uh, London, Ontario, Kremlin. October 30th for Ottawa and Stittsville. And then we're, we're working on BC to try and get uh, one or two out there for the fall. And then another one in Calgary. We're working on that too. So Maple Seeds lined up for the fall. We, we tried to see if there's any interest from the students this spring, but again, COVID. So yeah, we'll see how it goes to play by year. Yeah. Um, I definitely am going to talk to the BCIT guys about organizing something. BCIT, yeah. related. Yeah. And if anybody's thinking of doing the ORPS, do a Maple Seed because there's always an unsupported <laughs> stage, I think. And it's it doesn't matter what level of shooter you are, you're gonna learn you're gonna learn from them. So are is is Maple Seed running stuff over the summer? Yeah. They're yeah. uh usually they book up so fast. They're in such high demand. Um I know they've released a, a few events. And they're probably mostly sold out, but they're they're planning on going and just kind of rolling with the punches and seeing what the restrictions are locally mm -hmm. at oh. the time. Yeah, I feel like we struck gold here with the Crownland rules. That you could easily <laughs> go do this on Crownland, up in Squamish or out towards Hope. Yeah, I'll spend to there. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, up by Squamish, so uh, up by Chilliwack there. Yeah, uh, although you do need like four wheel drive, kind of a little. So like a soft roading kind of setup. Mm -hmm. um, I've been up there in two wheel drive, but it's uh, it's a little dicey. Yeah, yeah. I got a forerunner. Um, All right, cool. Yeah, no, that sounds interesting. I mean, it's it's it just makes it so much more interesting when you're shooting or when you're shooting towards something. Like I'm, I'm getting a little tired of just thinking. For for a purpose, right? Exactly. Totally. Um, yeah, no, I like that. Let's let's you and I talk more, Michael, and let's you and I shotgun one day. Absolutely. All right. Uh, do we want to wrap? All right. I think that's yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Well, big big shout out to our uh, sponsors, Cabela's, Beretta, Vortex, and Sitzville Shooting Ranges. All awesome organizations. So be uh, sure to give them your business. All right. All right. Stand by for the uh, outro. Uh, thanks for joining us, Dave uh, from Calgary. Michael Stone from here in Vancouver, myself in Vancouver, and then Travis in Ontario.
Um, all right. Good episode. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. See you guys. Thank you again for tuning in. We meet again on the next podcast.